Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also check him out on the Best Coast Boys Podcast. Landon, what is going on, sir? Not much. Uh, you know, ready to uh, start the conversation into uh, the draft mode now and t- start talking about prospects and Senior Bowl stuff, and it's it all it all begins again. Yeah, absolutely. As, as we're recording this podcast, practices are just about to start uh, in Mobile. Typically, Tuesday is a pretty light practice uh, at the Senior Bowl, but uh, we will keep our eye on that. If there's anything super important to talk about, we'll make sure we do that. Um, but coming up on today's show, we're going to answer some of your Twitter questions as well as some of the, the reviews um, that you guys gave us on iTunes. Some of you guys sent us some questions there. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. Um, this first question comes from at Jay Chisel. Um, at 17, Landon, I would love Grant Delpit or Kinlaw, Javon Kinlaw, the defensive tackle. Uh, you've actually studied both of those players. Uh, Jay Chisel wants to know which one do you think is a better fit for this Cowboys defense, knowing now uh, that this is going to be a 4-3 front under Mike Nolan. <sighs> I, you know, I think it's, it's still very early. Um, I I like those. Those do appear to be the two names that people have been throwing out for the Cowboys. Sure. Right? Yeah. It does seem like, as far as you know, if we're talking about um, likely availability and you know fit for what you're looking for, those two guys seem to kind of fit nicely in both those buckets. Um, you know, I think. I, I, I kind of have you know been going back and forth on this a lot, and I think Delpit is a uh, is a great um, prospect, uh, and I think that you know for what the, the Cowboys are looking for, um, I, you know I think he, he he definitely fits the bill, and they've been trying to figure out the safety position for a long time. Um, I. And I, I have, you know, I have some concerns, you know, about drafting a defensive tackle. It's in general, it's just, it's just a difficult position to, you know, find immediate, especially immediate success uh, at the spot. Um, but I also have concerns, you know, about, you know, how what's available in free agency. I, you know, I don't know. Yeah. That there's, yeah. there's a lot that you can uh, do to kind of rectify the situation in free agency either. So, um, I, yeah. I, I think I kind of it seems like I'm going back and forth on this a lot and I and I feel like I am. Um but uh I, I, I kinda think that at this point I, I'm taking Ken Law just because really? I, 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 I That's think so. To me. I you know, I, I've the more the more I've watched of him, like I just I don't know. I, I think that I have concerns about Delpit, I, I, and I, I have concerns about Kinlaw as well. My my fear is that 
I, 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 that if I miss out on the early defensive tackle yes. train in, in, in the, in the yep. first round. That's exactly that, where, I was, where I was going. That yep. I don't know that there's anything I can do to rectify that later. I still feel like as long as I'm making a commitment to drafting a safety at some point, like, I think I can probably get, a, a, a you know, a situation that makes you comfortable at safety in the second round. I was going to say, every year we see that these safeties fall not only in the first round, but in the second round. Um, last year is a perfect example. Uh, we were hoping that one of, you know, Juan Thornhill, Taylor Rapp, or Nasir Adderley would fall to the Cowboys at pick, what was that, 58? Whatever they picked at last year. And what ended up happening? All three of those guys fell all the way out of the Cowboys pick. Um, I feel pretty good. And again, uh, I'm going to preface this with saying I, I, I'm not sure yet on who I like better between Kinlaw and Delpit. But I feel pretty good that the quality of safety that you're going to get in the second round at pick 50 or 51 or wherever the Cowboys draft is going to be significantly better than the quality of defensive tackle you're going to get in that round, right? Yeah, I mean, it's it, at this point it becomes a math problem kind of because I just think that you know, if all things being equal, then it becomes about well, what's the strategy about getting the players you need out of this draft. And right. when, you, when you look at, you need a top. Like I think these first two picks, unless there's someone there, not two picks because you know I I want to allow for there to be some room. But I think these first three picks, you should I say two of the first three. Probably yeah, you need to, to have a safety and a defensive tackle or or a lineman that can provide a lot of snaps at that position or, or a cornerback. Or, That's or, the other thing is if there's a good cornerback available at either one of those spots, I'm looking at that spot as well. Sure, I mean I think the corner actually could be a position that you could go into free agency with. Because I, 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 I think yeah. that there is a lot of room to make some additions there. Uh, but I think you know two of those first three picks need to be uh, probably a defensive tackle and a safety, just because I, you know kind of looking at the market for both of those two, I think there is some st- there's some stuff that can be played at safety. I think people are still you know giving this Jamal Adams situation a, a look and, and and eyeballing it. And I don't know that that's as palatable as it was no. when we were talking about it earlier in the season when we were getting a, a kind of cheap season out of him. Now his, his contract balloons up a little bit. Uh, I, I think that the trade doesn't seem – he's going to want a new deal. I don't know that the trade seems quite as palatable. I'm not saying no. It just doesn't seem as obvious if they want to say yes to, to, to go towards it. I just – so I, I, I think that the, you know, if you're looking at the situation as a whole, if, if, if you look at Kinlaw and, and, and Delpit as similar kind of level of prospects with you know first-round players that have – some, you know, they're not the blue chip players, but they're good red chip players. Uh, I, I think that I, I think that you have to look at the strategy behind where how you're going to achieve getting the rest of what you need out of the draft. And and I, I just feel better about even though there's a lot of names, I feel better about the ta- uh, uh, there's a lot of names at defense tackle. I feel better about the talent that you're likely to get at safety in the second and third round versus the talent in defense tackle. Yeah, like a guy like Ashton Davis, who is maybe right on the border of a first-round pick. Uh, you know, maybe he's somebody that falls to the middle of the second, or somebody that the Cowboys could move up for. Um, again, I'm, I'm still not completely sold on Javon Kinlaw just because I, the, the production was so hit or miss this year. Uh, but it, it is fascinating how big and athletic he is. Uh, this morning at the Senior Bowl. He came in at 6'5", 315, 10-inch hands, uh, almost 35-inch arms with an 84-inch wingspan. I mean, yeah. that is just a massive, massive defensive tackle. 
you don't find guys that athletic and that big very often. Uh, this is what I think it was Dane Brugler calls it the planet theory. There's just not that many guys on the planet that look like Javon Kinlaw. Uh, and that's why you might have to kind of grit your teeth a little bit with the production uh, and take him in the top 20 if you want him. Um, let's come right back. We'll, we're going to talk more about the draft, more about free agency, uh, but we need to take a break. We'll, we'll be right back. Guys, we talk about physical fitness all the time, but there's another side of the game that is just as important. I'm talking about mental fitness. Calm, the number one app for sleep and meditation, has teamed up with LeBron James to help you train your mind. LeBron and Calm know that your mind is like any other muscle in your body, and Calm can help you train your brain so you sleep better, have less stress, and perform at your best. And if you head to calm.com slash locked on, you'll get 40% off a Calm premium membership. Again, that's 40%. With Calm, you'll have access to the nature scenes that LeBron loves, like rain or leaves, and so much more, like sleep stories and meditation. For a limited time, our listeners can join LeBron in using Calm with a 40% discount to an annual membership at calm.com slash locked on. Unlock content to help you focus, ease stress, and sleep better. Get started at calm.com slash locked on. That's calm.com slash locked on. All right, Landon, uh, this next question comes from Ted. Uh, he wants to know if the Cowboys will basically be throwing out their cookie cutter, you know, prototypes for positions and be more open to certain guys that maybe don't hit thresholds like a Jordan Lewis or uh, maybe a Taylor Rapp who is a little bit slower than you want. Do you think under Mike McCarthy and Mike Nolan that they're going to be more open to taking some of these exceptions to the rule? It sounds like it. I mean, it just sounds like, you know, kind of based on – you know, and, and who knows how much to believe of this, but it sounds like it just based on the uh, uh, language being thrown around by by the coaching staff there. Um, it's you know, it sounds like they are trying to work more towards a uh, uh, an approach where um, where you know they they get talented players in the building and they and they make sure that the scheme doesn't uh, uh, you know. Uh, Disclude them because because they don't hit those metrics. You know, I, I, right? They're gonna they're gonna find guys that can do certain things. They're not gonna rule them out because you can't do one or two things. Said, they're gonna try to. F- McCarthy says something like the parameters of the scheme will not uh, exclude players that have talent or something like that. You yeah, know? absolutely, and that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I, I think it does too. I mean, there's been a lot of times where the Cowboys have had players that have, have talent who've gone off and, and kind of done other things at other spots because they didn't necessarily fit the, you know, the pro, the, 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 the standards, the, the, the cookie-cutter, you know, templates of, of, of what you expected as a as a cornerback or as a as sure. a you know, tight end. They need this, this height, or, you know. So I'm hoping that they're going to be more open to just talent and finding a way to use that talent. Um, and, and like I said, we, we talked about this in previous uh, episodes. We need to kind of all open our minds a little bit to what the Cowboys are looking at this year because uh, there's a very real a possibility that, you know, that's changing as opposed to, uh, uh, you know, going through the same thing and it kind of having the templates and knowing exactly what to look for. Yeah, I am excited to see the Cowboys maybe open up their draft box a little bit. Last year, not even last year, but over the last couple of years, the Cowboys would – uh, throw away names that maybe weren't tall enough or weren't quick enough. Uh, I'm going to be interested to see if you know they maybe broaden their horizons a little bit when it comes to 
uh, the draft. I, real um, quick, real quick. Yeah, I, will, I will say that this does leave them open, I think, to more opportunity for them to draft bus because I think. Oh, if, for, absolutely. Because yeah. if you don't have a very clear template on what you're looking for, it makes the job of picking out talented guys that don't bust, you know, a lot more difficult because your sure. filters are more wide open. So just something to this keep is in where mind. you really need to you really need to rely on your coaching yeah. staff that if you're going to draft some of these outlier players, I mean, you're going to need to find ways to incorporate them in your offense, your defense. Uh, you're putting a lot more faith into your coaching staff than maybe in previous seasons. Um, Landon, this next one comes from Dominic. Uh, a big story over the last two days. I don't even know if it's really a big story, but uh, Des Bryant has been petitioning to come back to the Cowboys in a like tight end role, uh, basically replacing Jason Witten. Uh, Dominic wants to know: Does Des come back, and would that make sense in this offense? All right, I gotta say, I love Des, but he so was, do I. He's my favorite player of all time. He w- he was talking about coming back and running the Jason Witten routes, and like. I, I mean, I guess, I don't know, to me, maybe I'm crazy, but to me it feels like the reasons that Jason Witten is, was so good about running those routes are the reasons that Des Bryant is not currently in the NFL. I think I would agree a little bit. You know, um, you know, like it's, I mean, it's about, I mean, what Jason Garrett, what Jason Witten does, uh, so well, it, is run those option routes. And that's all about, you know, knowing exactly every single element of that play, knowing the, the playbook, knowing every, every person around you, knowing the, 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 what, how the linebackers supposed to be playing you in that defense. And these were all things like, these are all details that Des Bryant kind of struggled to, to like pay attention to or to learn or to really even try to learn, you know? So I, I think that, it, I, I think him saying that kind of reveals just like how much he didn't really understand what went into Jason. Witten. Jason Witten wasn't just a big tall guy, you know. I mean, a big slow tall guy. There's lots of those guys out there. What what he could do is he understood leverage. He understood the play call. He understood defenses well enough to know how to take advantage of them. I I, I don't think that I'm not sure that Des has that knowledge of the inside and out of that route well enough. And I don't yeah, know that option routes are a thing anymore in this offense. No, and I was just about to say, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure this is going to be anything similar to the same type of offense we've had over the last decade. Um, a couple of things. I certainly could see Des trying to transition himself into a big slot in the NFL. I, yeah, I kind of think okay. that's if – he, if, he if he comes back, that's where he's going to be. The value for Des, if he does make it back on the field, is going to be in the red zone, right? And if you want to make a case that the Cowboys could use a player like that in the red zone, I get it. I mean, their their red zone offense struggled a little bit last year. I do think they could benefit from having a bigger receiver who you can throw back shoulder fades to and that kind of stuff. However, what did we talk about on yesterday's show is how we wanted the Cowboys to add more speed to their offense, right? We watched the, the 49ers and the Chiefs, and they just have speed all over the field. I'm not sure bringing back somebody like Dez is exactly how you you get faster on offense. In fact, I think that makes you a little bit slower, right? Yeah, I mean, it's funny because as you're saying this, I'm literally reading a D- David Hellman tweet that says, I hope everyone knows that I'm all aboard the let's get reckless and get another good wide receiver hype train. I Because I, 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 I am too, and they're talking yeah. about rugs. And and I and I, I am too I, I to a certain degree and that was what my, part of my converse like you know my my talk earlier we were saying two of the three because 
I could easily be convinced in, into taking a really good wide receiver in the first round uh, and, 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 you know, supercharging this offense. And if, and if you're going to go and get, like, 31-year-old Des Bryant off the street, there's no room for that stuff, you know. No, I, I don't. I'm right. not interested in. Look, if 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 we're if we're cutting the the, the thread on all the uh, sentiments and all the you know the oh this guy's got a job because he's a longtime cowboy thing, you know, I, Dak's not Des is not coming back after that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like it, it, they're trying to move on from that kind of culture of bringing back too many familiar faces. Yeah. They want a fresh start. So yeah, exactly. Uh, I love again. I love Des. Probably my favorite cowboy of all time. I think it's time for both teams to to just move on. Um, by the way, this is a, a little thing I want you to watch. I, I think I found a receiver who fits the Cowboys better uh, than Henry Ruggs. Take a look at Jalen Rager sometime from TCU. Yes, we'll, we'll have to have a conversation about him. Yeah, a conversation about him sometime on the podcast. I know they like him too, from what I'm hearing too. Ooh, okay, that's exciting. Yeah. Um, let's go ahead and do, get another question. Um, this one comes from at Century on Dallas. Um, any potential cap casualties for the Cowboys, uh, Landon? I'm going to go ahead and go through some names. You just tell me if you're interested in potentially moving on for some of these. Oh, man. Uh, Tyrone Crawford, uh, you could cut him and save uh, up to $8 million this offseason. Would you do that? Man, so this is a tough one, actually, now. Because before, I, I would say, absolutely. I think it's just, But now that you're kind of doing this hybrid thing, this happens to be like the one guy who I feel like actually could fit in a system where you're asking him to do a whole bunch of different things. So... I'm hoping he comes back at a reduced. Yeah, I'm going to ask and see if he'll take a pay cut and 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 it'll okay. come back. If he says no, what do you do? I think maybe we say goodbye. Okay. Maybe. I don't know. I actually maybe not. Like I, you know, I don't know. That's I, a tough one. That's really I, tough. I love man. Crawford. I think he's really. I, and that's the thing. I do too. think his his money I, I is think the he problem. Has value in this Mike Nolan defense, right? Yeah. Because he can play all over. Exactly, and, and his his money is the problem. It's not even the. I love the dude, and I, I, I want to believe in him, and I love him on the team, and I, I love his relationship with Lawrence, and I think that's important, and I think they, you know, I like all of that. Uh, and I, and again, I, I think he becomes newly relevant in this off, in this defense. I, I kind of agree, um, so yeah. I, I, I think you keep him, but you definitely try to see if you can reduce the cost. A couple more. Uh, Cam Fleming, uh, you can cut him with basically no dead money and save $4.5 million. No, you hold on to Cam Fleming. At least until at least until training camp. There's no reason to let go of him now. Offensive linemen are hard to find. He's he's serviceable as a swing tackle. If you get up if you have a better option on the team, which you might, uh, or if that's, you draft that's one, what I'm thinking. Like if you if you if have I can that save four and a half if I can save four and a half million and I can put that towards uh, bringing back Joe Thomas or Sean Lee or maybe Byron Jones. I think I'm doing that because I, I, I like Brandon Knight. I'm not rolling the dice yet, though. That's my whole thing. I, I got okay. I got to feel better about this situation before I'm ready right. to just roll. The, look how many offensive line injuries there were last year. That's true. Uh, Chris Jones, 1.4 million, you could save. So I don't know if you guys have noticed, but I've actually been putting out requests to uh, some of these analytic guys who use college football scrapers because I was I'm trying to get a list. Of college football punters who attempted at we'll least one, one pass, and so and, and because I think yes, I think it's time for Chris Jones to go. The back has been an issue. I, it's it, let's let's let old things die. It's it's time it's time to I think it's time to at least you know with a new special teams coordinator, let's at least see what the situation is and maybe bring in some other guys. All right, the only other one that has anywhere notable of a, a cap 
uh, you know, game would be Jameez Olawali. You could save half a million there. Uh, are you moving on from Olawali? Not unless I can. Th- I think I can sign Kyle Usyk, uh, who I is think he a free is, agent. I, I think. Mean, I, he, I think. This, I think this is his game. last year. Yeah, I think this is this is it. So, Ooh, that's a tough one for me because Hughes check is really good, but man, that's a lot of money for a fullback. Yeah, so that's why I would probably be okay with. Uh, you know, look, I don't think that uh, Olawali's issues so far have been his as much as a lack of deployment. And, and, and you know what I'm saying? Like, I think we need to see him be deployed here. I agree. Uh, this is kind of – there's this rumor out there. This one comes from Mike. Uh, does Jalen Smith really not tip? I guess I've heard that Jalen Smith goes to restaurants and does not tip. Uh, this kind of reminds me of Reservoir Dogs. Remember the opening of that yes, movie? Yes, I do, of course. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 the Steve Buscemi lines that made him famous, if I'm not. So, uh, do you believe in tipping? That's that's my question for you, Landon. Do you believe in tipping? Uh, I do. I definitely believe in <laughs> tipping. But let me be clear. I think that it uh, it is been completely mutated and like there's now it's it's completely bastardized to a certain degree because now you're getting things where you're putting in tip before like you even get the service like in delivery stuff you're putting in tips like before oh that's weird i, I we think don't that's have that out i here think that's crazy like oh well, you see that not of just a different kind of services and stuff and, and and the whole idea is to ensure prompt service so yeah i i i think i think i yes i definitely tip but I also feel like there's like pretty straightforward specific rules that should be followed about tipping. I, I agree. That's just just I, I, I've seen uh, in New York actually they're thinking about uh, getting rid of tipping altogether and just adding 18 percent to any. Well, that's what they do in uh, Europe. Deliver. You know, in, 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 a, yeah. in a lot of countries overseas, they just add in the the the, the amount into the thing. And, and, and honestly, yep. tipping is is not always the greatest for. Well, yeah, we, we don't need to get into an economic conversation. <laughs> Yeah. Yes, right. I believe in tipping. Yes. <laughs> we we took that as long as we could. Yeah. Uh, this last question, Landon. This one comes from uh, at Touchdown Jesus. Uh, does Andy Reid's return to the Super Bowl give you hope that Mike McCarthy can do the same? Uh, I do think this is interesting because we've seen sometimes before uh, really good coaches end up leaving situations because the mat, you know the fit just didn't work out. Uh, Bill Palachuk's a perfect example. He was the coach of the Browns before he became a coach of the Patriots. Uh, Andy Reid's another one. Uh, does Mike McCarthy give you some more confidence now after you're seeing what Andy Reid has done with the Chiefs? Yeah, I mean, I don't. I, I never really had a lack of confidence that I. I'm not a big believer in the idea that oh, it's always been this way, so it always has to be this way, sort of thing. Like, I'm not a big believer sure. necessarily that. Oh well, no coach has really left one team after winning a Super Bowl or going somewhere. I, like you know what I'm saying? Like I, I just think that right. just, just because that, there's a very small sample size, we've only played about fifty, what fifty four of these games. Uh, you know, it's it's. I think that it, it, all the things that haven't happened is because they haven't happened yet. So I, yeah, I mean, I, I, yes, I do view uh, Andy Reid's situation going from Philadelphia to Kansas City as, as inspiring, if not just because they left Philadelphia. Uh, but I, I think, yeah, I mean, I think that as far as it goes with Mike McCarthy, you know, I, 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 my issue with retread coaches has been about the fact that they're old and they're disconnected yeah. from the game. Yeah. That has, that's Absolutely. not, that's not my issue with Mike McCarthy at all. I think he's, I think he's, you know, really kept up close with what's going on and, and he's, he's connected with, to what's going on currently. Uh, really quickly before we leave, um, and this is going to sound a little backwards, but watching the Packers over the last two weeks in the playoffs actually somehow made me feel better about Mike McCarthy because I think 
if you watch Rodgers play, Aaron Rodgers, um, I, I think it's you can understand why McCarthy was getting so frustrated, right? Yeah. Uh, he he holds onto the ball so long. He doesn't take uh, he doesn't take chances because he's worried about his completion percentage and his touchdown to interception ratio. Uh, sometimes he'll take sacks when he do- shouldn't. He won't throw the ball away. Um, just uh, I feel like you could see why that relationship. You know, it was good for you know basically a decade. Uh, but like all things, they come to an end, and I think I actually somewhat feel better about McCarthy uh, going forward. Um, that's it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow Landon at McCoolBCB. You can follow the show at Locked on Cowboys, and I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you next time.